Pride Month is a time to celebrate the various identities that make up our wonderful and diverse community. It is also a time to reflect on and honor the powerful contributions of those who've come before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. James Baldwin, Larry Kramer, Bayard Rustin, Sylvia Rivera, and Marsha P. Johnson. To them and countless other trailblazers, we are humbly indebted and forever grateful. If you'd like more information on the movement or recommendations on how you can help, go to blacklivesmatter.com partners. In these dark and difficult times, we hope that this episode brings you a little bit of joy and light. Welcome to this special Pride Month episode of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. From the moment T.J. Klune published his first book, readers have been drawn to his quirky characters and deeply heartfelt stories. We here are certainly fans. T.J. last appeared on the show in episode 232, where he talked about his recently released The House in the Cerulean Sea. For Pride Month, he's giving us an exclusive sneak peek at his upcoming book. T.J., welcome. Thank you so much for being part of our Pride celebration. Yeah, thank you for having me back again. This is now like the fifth time I, I get to so. be on I think this show? officially pushes you to being our guest with the most times on the podcast. That is awesome. That's what I was going for. We'll <laughs> we'll have to do it again in the very near future just so I can cement my lead. Yes, absolutely. As soon as the, the next book comes out after Extraordinary, <laughs> maybe we'll have to have you back to talk about Brother Song yeah, a little bit. Because I apparently just don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm super excited because I know we're going to get to hear a little bit of The Extraordinaries. Other than the fact that it is coming out in, you know, the very near future, why did you decide to share this pick for Pride Month? Because this book is very, very important to me. It's very special to me. The reason that I wrote it to begin with, The Extraordinaries, is because I wanted to see people like me in books. I, I never got to have that growing up. I never, when I was a teenager or even into my 20s, there were never books with, with queer, kid, queer neurodivergent kids. And I've always wanted to see someone like me because I know there's many, many of us out there. And so when I decided to write The Extraordinaries, when I had this idea for a, a, a fanboy who loves the superheroes that protect his city to the point of obsession. I, I knew that I wanted to instill in him parts of myself that, that people might not get to see all the time. Being neurodivergent is the, it's a disorder. It, I mean, obviously it's, it's in the name ADHD, the D stands for disorder, but we have to, we've been fighting that stigma for a very, very long time. And we want to make sure that, people realize that we're not disordered. We're just a little extra. And that's why this book is is part of why I consider myself full of pride. This book is not a coming out story. In this book, the, the main four uh, group of friends, they're already out. They're already proud. They already have their, their parents are all chill. Everybody doesn't give them any crap for being queer. It doesn't matter if they're bisexual, gay, lesbian, pansexual, it, everybody just understands that that's who they are. And that is obviously the point of fiction, being able to have that fantasy, because in this book, there's no homophobia. There's nobody, nobody has anything bad to say about their kid's sexuality. And that's unfortunately not the way the world works. It's getting better, yes, but it's 2020. And for example, 
last week I was posting, my publisher posted uh, a book that I had written about that was a queer read in, in science fiction fantasy. And the, a couple of people commented underneath that random Twitter accounts, these are satanic books. These are satanic, you know, gays love Satan and stuff like that. I just, first and foremost, it's 2020. And if you think internet homophobia makes me sad or mad, then you've really lost the plot. But second of all, it's 2020 and there's people that still think like this, that there's people that still think, you know, queer people are the devil or queer people are evil or, and queer people are disgusting. And I just want to show with this book that we really don't give a shit about what you think about us. We're going to be here. We're queer. We're going to stay around forever. So you can go, you know, fuck yourself. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> good. Well, good. That's what, that's what I wanted to say. I, I ended up ignoring it. As, as you often do with trolls on the internet, but that's what I just want to say. Go fuck yourself. I don't care. You, you, your opinion on me has no effect on my life whatsoever, and I'm still going to do what I'm going to do, and nothing you can say will bring me down. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary seems to be, you know, striking the right chord in some of the early reviews and the list the book has landed on for the summer, too. Yeah, the, it was just uh, awarded a, a coveted spot on the the... Uh, American Booksellers Association Indie Next List for young adults. And that is, according to my publisher, a very hard list to get onto. So I'm super proud that, that this book was picked. And even better, on that list of 10 books, it was one of three queer books that I, at least from I could tell from the description. So three out of seven, or out of 10, had some sort of queer character, queer bent, queer main character telling the story. And that is amazing and remarkable and i absolutely am over the moon that the booksellers and librarians who who vote on such lists see the importance of having young adult queer characters at the forefront because i've i've always i've always said and i've always believed that ya is at the forefront of diversity they absolutely are they they tell the stories of queer kids of of kids of color, they tell the stories that are, are that you don't get to see even in adult fiction this, this, this day and age, which is unfortunate. And I'm, I'm just happy to be part of that movement. Mm -hmm. And congratulations on the list. Thank That's you. I thing. was super proud of that. And you know, it, the, the house in the Cerulean sea, my first adult book from tour was also on that list. So I told my publisher that I will expect to be on that list every year now. <laughs> She goes, well, let's hold your horses. I said, no, I'm used to it now. I demand this recognition. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, 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 just, it's just very, very cool. It's an honor that, that librarians and booksellers are championing my books as much as they are. And I'm forever grateful for them doing that mm -hmm. because they're at, they're at the front lines. When people come into a bookstore or go into a library and the, the people that work there are the ones that get asked – you know, what book should I read? And they're the ones putting these books in their hands. So that's, that's, I just love them to pieces. Mm -hmm. So you've got something super special for us because uh, we asked you to read something and yes. uh, you've pivoted a little bit so you don't have to read. Tell us what we've got. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am, I'm sure that I could read and I've, I've done it over the past few months. I've done it a lot with, with the previous book that came out, but this time I wanted to do something a little bit different because 
I brought a friend with me up to the big leagues when I moved on to Tor and Tortine. Michael Leslie, the narrator who did the Tales from Verania series, who did my At First Sight series. He's a comedic genius, a man of a billion voices. And he emailed me last year and said, hey, I've seen you talk about the Extraordinaries. Can I be part of that? And I said, I don't know. I'll have to see what Tor says. I have no control over what Tor team does. You know, I'm with with my previous publishing career. I was a uh, a good sized fish in a small pond, but now I'm a minnow in the ocean. So they may just tell me to go to hell. And instead, I, I so I emailed Tortine. I said, Hey, I have this narrator that I adore. That is is very very good at what he does. Can we consider him for the extraordinaries? Twenty minutes later, Michael emails me and says, Hey, I've been hired. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right. So Michael Leslie will be what you'll hear next is basically the first listen that anybody will get to hear about Michael Leslie's performance from The Extraordinaries. Which is amazing. We're super honored to be able to present that to the world. Yes. Uh, I've heard I've heard good parts because they, they sent me the full file for the entire narration. And I, I, I can't I can't listen to my own books all the way through because it's weird to hear my own words. So I've been clicking through just on certain parts and he freaking nailed it. He nailed it. It is going to blow your minds what he did. And I cannot wait for this book and his his performance to come out to the world. But yeah, you get to hear it for the first time now. Nick Bell stared at his phone as he shifted on his bed in his room. Not gay, he muttered to himself. He has sequins on his costume. He thought about deleting the comment, but others were already responding to it coming after Firestoned with a vengeance, so he decided to leave it up. Whoever Firestoned was, they learned fast that one absolutely did not comment on a Shadow Star 744 fic like that. After all, Nick was one of the most popular writers in the Extraordinaries fandom, even if he had to use the screen name of Shadow Star 744, since Shadow Star 1 through 743 were already taken. Those bastards. And Slash would always be more popular than the hetero-nonsense Firestoned seemed to want. Straight people... Nick thought. As he shook his head, he'd never understand them. The other 42 comments, though, they weren't too shabby. Especially for a shorter chapter that ended on the 30-second cliffhanger on a row. Thank God his fans understood. They were the only reason he continued writing what could be considered a quarter-of-a-million-word masturbatory ode to Shadowstar. Without them, the fic probably would have ended a long time ago. Or worse, been one of those unfinished works that turned into a cautionary tale for new people in the fandom. He could deal with the occasional idiot, like Firestone. He switched over to Tumblr and reblogged a few things, thumb twitching over a rather risque drawing of Shadowstar in an evocative pose that was both physically impossible and erotic, but decided against it. Ever since his dad had discovered what Tumblr was, and that his son had accidentally posted a drawing that apparently no one under the age of 18 should be looking at, he'd kept things clean. It was the only way that Dad had let him keep his Tumblr page at all. Even after the powers that be decided showing something as inconsequential as nipples could be considered pornography. That and his dad had demanded the password. Nick had nightmares of his father logging on himself and posting to all of Nick's followers that he'd be grounded if anything remotely explicit showed up on his page again, just like he'd threatened to do. Nick had been mortified. Which, of course, was made worse when Dad frowned. And, as if it were an afterthought, said, 
Also, I feel like we need to discuss how it's a naked man on your page, Nikki. Unless it's just supposed to be artistic. I don't get art. What Nick said next weren't words, really. They were a combination of sounds better suited to a nature documentary on the mating habits of elks in the Pacific Northwest. His brain had shorted out, as he tried to come up with a logical explanation as to why he decided to reblog a picture of Shadow Star with a comically large bulge that made him look like he needed to seek medical attention immediately. His father waited. Finally, Nick said, Yeah, so. Um, and Dad said, Right, have you had sex? No, Dad, oh my God, why would you even... Do you know what condoms are? Yes, Dad, oh my God, I know what condoms are. Good, that means you'll use them if and when you decide to have sex, which won't be for a very long time. Yes, Dad, oh my... I mean, no, I'm not having sex. Why would you even say that? If it were with a girl, I'd be telling you the same thing. Wrap it, Nikki. Always wrap it before you stick it anywhere. He tilted his head and squinted at his only son. Or if it's stuck in you. It don't matter to me one way or another. What's that called, bottoming? I don't care if you're a bottom or the other one. Use protection. Nick had gone into full-blown meltdown, synapses firing, eyes bulging, breath caught on his chest as he started to hyperventilate. His father had been there, of course, as he always was when Nick lost his mind a little bit. He sat next to Nick, wrapping an arm around his shoulders and waiting until his son's head started to clear. They didn't say much after that. Bell men weren't the greatest when it came to feelings, but Aaron Bell had made it clear perverts were everywhere, and that while some of the people Nick interacted with online might be nice, they may also be men in their late 40s still living in their mother's basements, waiting to lure in an unsuspecting 16-year-old for nefarious deeds like making their victims into hand puppets or wearing their skin. And while Nick didn't think that would happen to him, he wasn't sure. He was a cop's kid. He knew the statistics. had grown up hearing stories of some of the terrible things Dad had seen on patrol. He didn't want to end up as someone's hand puppet. So he didn't reblog porn anymore, no matter how tasteful it was. Which meant he'd also had to scrub his other Tumblr page, which was considerably more adult, but the less said about that one, the better. And that was how he'd come out to his father at the age of 15. Because of extraordinary porn. He'd been so young then, so naive. He was 16 now, a man. Perhaps he was a man who once bought a pillow off Etsy with Shadow Star's face on it. He had tracked the delivery at the top of every hour, making sure that the moment it was on their doorstep, he was the one who got to the door first. It wasn't that he was embarrassed by it, even if it was now hidden under his bed. It was just, there'd be a lot of questions. And Nick hadn't been in the mood to answer said questions. Thank you, and thanks to Tortine for sharing that with all of us. They're very, very cool about wanting to get the word out and, and promoting my work. So I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have found a publisher in Tor and Tortine because they have been just the best. The best, the best, the best publisher I have ever worked with. And remind us when The Extraordinaries comes out. Extraordinaries comes out Tuesday, July 14th right in the middle of summer. And hey, the mo- we may not be able to go to the movies, but this is the big superhero summer blockbuster that you'll be looking for. And it just happens to be gay as balls. So 
I can't wait for you to read it because this book is full of pride and it's loud, proud, and it's chaotic and it's a hell of a lot of fun. Get the popcorn ready. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This, and mark my words, mark my words. This will be a movie one day. Come hell or high water, I am going to fight tooth and claw to get this onto freaking big screens. Oh, hell, I'll even I'll go Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, whatever. Whoever wants this it. Will be made, this will be made into a movie. That is a promise. Note that down right here. Thomas right, Mann. and then two years from now, we'll be able to pull this clip out and be like, oh, see, TJ said it. TJ said it. <laughs> so as we kick off Pride Month, tell me what Pride means to you. Pride to me means living in defiance because there's always going to be people who hate you for who you are, people who would want to bring you down, people who want to take your rights away. And you can either choose to let those people get to you or defy them. And there may have been a point in my life when I was a kid, when I was younger, that I was scared, that I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I grew up in a very rural area in Oregon where basically I came from a family of rednecks and I didn't know how I could live. If I could go back and tell myself, my 16-year-old self, where I would be now, I would just tell him, you know what, you're going to be just fine and you are going to be proud of who you are. And, and that is what I would hope for every queer person this Pride Month and every month for the rest of their lives because we all deserve happiness we all deserve safety and we all deserve to live how we want to live without anybody trying to bring us down yes i absolutely everything you said yes <laughs> <laughs> tell everybody how they can keep up with you online to follow the extraordinaries yeah. release and and brother song later this fall yeah, yeah. Brother Song comes out in October, and I you can follow me on my website for updates, tjcloonbooks.com. I'm on Twitter, tjcloonbooks, and my Facebook group, The Clunatics, is the nicest place on the internet. So please follow me there and on Instagram, because I am much more active on Instagram than I ever thought possible. So follow me on Instagram at tjcloonbooks, because... I will show you stuff that that you get to see behind the scenes of what I do and countless, countless pictures of my dog. Perfect. Well, again, TJ, thank you so much for sharing this really special Extraordinaries first listen and for joining us for Pride Month. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed this special Pride Month bonus episode. This year, finding ways to celebrate Pride is undoubtedly a challenge, but it is one that we can undertake with passion, creativity, and an open heart. However you celebrate this year, we hope that you'll consider us part of your year-round Pride family. Thank you so much for listening. For a complete rundown of this month's bonus content, go to biggayfictionpodcast.com slash pride2020. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
The excerpt from The Extraordinaries was used with permission from Macmillan Audio, copyright 2020, T.J. Clune.